KYW Original Podcasts. For more stories about the coronavirus pandemic in Philadelphia, subscribe to KYW In-Depth on the Radio.com app or wherever you listen to podcasts. The coronavirus pandemic from KYW In-Depth. I'm Matt Leon. Public health, it's a concept I don't think many of us really thought about prior to the COVID-19 pandemic, but boy, is it front and center now. So what is public health? What makes up the concept of public health? What kind of positions are under the umbrella of public health? And uh, how has it performed in this important moment? We wanted to talk about all these concepts, so we caught up with Dr. Tony Reed. He's the chief medical officer for Temple University. Hospital, and we talk all things public health. Give a listen. So for these podcasts, we like to kind of start from ground zero and kind of build from there. So let's just kind of start with the the baseline. How would you describe the concept of public health? You know, it's it's really it's it's two different things. It is it is the environment around us as human beings, as people, and what are the things that make up uh, our overall well being. It could be our medical care, it could be our medical background and conditions, it could be the state of the water supply, or do we even have running water? It could be our food and, you know, whether we have access to food and it's our family unit. Um, Who are we living with? What are their conditions and, and situations? Could be our neighborhood. So it really is the being of who we are as as people. So that's, that's one concept of public health. The concept of public health from the professional perspective is that group of us who clinically practice in an environment where we look at the social, physical, political determinants of health. Uh, it's where we treat the patient as a whole, including part of their community uh, and what it means to be a part of their community. And it's how we do research and, and gain knowledge about treating people in that kind of environment. When we talk about public health and say a public health department, I think we're seeing a lot of officials brought to the forefront that we haven't been familiar with before. And that probably speaks a lot to how much more attention we need to pay to public health, even in times that are good. But what would some of the, what are some of the departments, some of the people that are kind of hold the onus for public health? uh, What are those positions about? Oh, gosh. And and they happen at all levels. And so you've got the federal government and um, the Department of Health uh, with Surgeon General and, you know, the the work that happens around public health at a national level. Uh, You have the State Department of Health and the Physician General who uh, really looks at the overall health and well-being of the community we call Pennsylvania. Uh, And then you have the city level where there is a city health commissioner uh, who's responsible for, you know, all things health and well-being uh, for the city of Philadelphia. And at all three levels, they're looking at exactly the things that I described as, as the conceptualization of public health. You know, what kind of health care services are available to people in that community? What kind of health needs do they have? And, and, and when was the last assessment of their needs and are we filling their needs? How is their their sanitation, their water supply, uh, their environmental considerations, and do they have uh, you know access to to food, shelter, and other components that go into well-being? 
Uh, and then the one we often forget about uh, is also the mental health and well-being. You know, how is the community doing with regards to, you know, depression and anxiety? How is the community doing in regards to violence and the proverbial disease burden from those kind of perspectives as well? From what you have seen, people you have talked to, colleagues and such, what do you think the, the pandemic has shown about the pretty much the overall state of public health services in the United States at this point? That while there is an infrastructure uh, of public health at all three levels, and the infrastructure communicates up and down the chain, so the federal talks to the state, which talks to the local, it's a small infrastructure. You know, it stays staffed at the level that it can be on the basis of the the dollars that come in to have experts on staff between the epidemiologists, the physicians, the nurses, and others. But when we have a period of, you know, rapid expanded need for public health, such as a pandemic, the system's ability to, to really staff up and to grow with the size of the need can be hindered uh, if you don't have the right connections in place. Uh, And what I mean by that, here in the city of Philadelphia, the health commissioner has a finite number of people who are on his staff, but he's surrounded by the Office of Emergency Management who helps give support. And then there is a consortium of healthcare organizations from insurance companies to health systems to others who are there at the ready to step in and support the public health needs of Philadelphia when something like this happens. And so, you know, it's it's there, but it's a fragile infrastructure. It's one that we need to make sure we pay attention to in times of non-pandemic so that it's ready to react and respond uh, when disaster hits. That kind of led to my next question that I was kind of formulating as you were saying that. It's kind of one of the problems with the concept, and I say problems in quotes, of public mm-hmm. health yeah. is that the more effective it is, the easier it is to take for granted because we can't comprehend what we need it for, and it, it seems like a quote-unquote luxury that it almost works against itself because the better it is, the the less we seem to need it. You know, and it's it's funny how things work like that. There's a lot of stuff that happens that way in the world. You, you go along, you, you do your job in public health, you make sure that the needs of the community are met, um, you make sure you have the resources to be able to, you know, work in ordinary times, and the need ebbs and flows over time, and you're able to flex, and you're able to work to that, and you're able to smooth it out. It's when that system gets all the way to the point where it's bending and just about breaking that it becomes visible. And so it's otherwise a a background infrastructure, if you will, until that point of need. And that's when everybody pays attention and says, oh, gosh, how could this have happened? You know, we have a lot of stuff that works that way. I had that conversation with my lab director this morning and, and, and said, you know, it's the perfect world when nobody knows that you exist as the lab director because that means things are working beautifully. But that's kind of not what we want. We want people to know your ex- your existence so that if they have ideas, if they have opportunities, if they have a need, they can find you. And so it's how do we make sure that people are seeing these platforms, these background infrastructures during the good times? 
so that they they acknowledge them and so that they come to appreciate them and so that we pay a little bit of attention to them during the good times so that they won't fail us in the bad times. And I guess on the other side of that, I am assuming that people that go into medicine, there are other more lucrative directions from an individual you could go into. So on the plus side, people that pursue public health really have a passion and an empathy and a love for it that maybe helps bridge some of the gaps where you talk about finite resources and such, no? I would agree. I, I mean, it's it's a, um, I, I, I say this tongue-in-cheek, it's a government job. You know, it, it comes with that kind of connotation. But at the same time, it also comes with, you know, the responsibility of having to report to, to multiple overseers, including the public. It comes with the challenge of working on a limited budget. It comes with, you know, all of those things that most of us kind of look at and say, ooh, do I want to do that? And so these people who are working in that field full-time, who are working as the head of public health at each one of those levels in all of the municipalities and, and incorporated areas across the country, they're in it because their heart is in it. Uh, they're in it because they want to see us do well. They want the country to succeed. They want us to survive pandemics and other disasters when they come. Uh, and so, yeah, it's they're a very special bunch that are working in that field full-time. Do you think, given the moment we're living through, that we will see, at least in the short term, because I know decision-makers have incredibly short memories regardless of what it is, that we will see more funding overall for public health over the next couple of years just because of what this has shown? I'd like to believe the answer to that is yes. I'd like to believe that administrations at each level of government uh, will do a debriefing after this is over uh, or to putting it in emergency preparedness terms to do an after action review to look at it and say what went well, what didn't go so well, what can we approve upon, what do we need to fix before the next time this is needed. I think that will happen in many, many, many areas, you know, probably upwards of 80% or more of the uh, uh, impacted areas will do this kind of review. But you're right. The concept is short-lived. People have short memories. Things go back into the oblivion of, of non-existence if we're not paying attention to it. Uh, and so there will be some municipalities or some regional or uh, federal level gaps in, in reviewing the actions afterwards. Past the financial, do you think, when you talk about after action and review, do you think maybe we'll see better policies, better cooperation, better ways of doing things uh, on the other side of this? I think the more we tell stories like this, the more likely it is to happen. Um, I think this is this is why you and I are both here, is to have this conversation to you know, really highlight that and say that's something that needs to occur. Um, we need to look at what happened. We need to look and say, do we have adequate stockpiles? Um, do they have the right equipment in them? Are they strategically placed in the right locations? What other possible um, pandemics or other disasters could happen that we may need to prepare for? 
Uh, and so do a risk analysis of a variety of types of risks and figure out, can we manage that with our current assets? And if not, how do we build up those assets? Uh, I think our job, yours and mine, is to tell this story and say, you know, this is preparedness. This is what we should be looking for from the perspective of somebody who's managed a health system through it uh, and from the perspective of a reporter who's watched it. You know, we, we both can agree that, you know, that type of review needs to happen and attention needs to be paid to be mindful for the future. That's it for this episode of KYW In-Depth Coronavirus. For more stories about the coronavirus pandemic here in the Philadelphia area, or if you want to know how what you see or hear on the news is going to change your own life or your own routine, then subscribe to the KYW In-Depth podcast. Search for KYW In-Depth on the Radio.com app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. My name is Matt Leon, and we'll have another episode out soon. 